positive tests were expected. I think where baseball was a little unprepared and disappointed for sure was just the size of the outbreaks. You know, the Marlins outbreak grew to include 18 players and two coaches. So the problem has been containing the cases as opposed to just preventing. That's Dave Shining, baseball reporter for The Washington Post. It's been a bumpy opening two weeks for the MLB, to say the least, as coronavirus postponed 21 games in the first fortnight. That's certainly not what they wanted after taking so long to get the season started. But have they turned a tide? And will we get a postseason this year? And also, last weekend, we would have had the Hall of Fame game in Canton. But don't worry, to mark what would have been, I'm going to take you to Ohio. That's right. On this show, we are heading to Ohio and the home of football as I pull back the curtain at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I've been very privileged to go behind the scenes and go to parts that the paying customers can't get to, and I'm going to take you there. I'm Anthony Wilson, and this is the Transatlantic Sports Show. Hi, Dave. Hey there. How are you? I'm very good. It's a good time of year right now because over here we've got a different type of bat and ball. We've got the cricket. We've got a test match going on, a very exciting test match. And then in the evening, we can enjoy the baseball. So it's not bad. It's not a bad time. This is what summer's all about. Exactly. More sports is more better. Oh, man. And tell you what, we've been waiting such a long time for sports to come back. And baseball, it was opening day was just around the corner and then COVID happened and Obviously, it took such a long time for the league and the union to get their heads together and and finally get a season to start. And a couple of weeks ago, it did start and it was all very exciting. And we had some great action, some great storylines across that weekend. And then the nightmare happened, didn't it, with the, the Marlins. And then following that, we've had postponements, which isn't what the league anticipated after all that time, was it? No, it certainly wasn't. I mean, I think that... You know, everybody in baseball expected there to be positive tests. You know, uh, you're not going to escape that, particularly without doing the bubble model that some of the other leagues have done. So, you know, positive tests were expected, I think, where baseball was, uh, you know, a little unprepared and disappointed for sure was just um, the the size of the outbreaks. You know, the the Marlins outbreak grew to include 18 players and two coaches. Uh, The St. Louis Cardinals one is up to eight players and six staff members. So, So the problem has been containing uh, the cases as opposed to just preventing. Does it look like we're turning a corner? I know the league have uh, introduced new measures and new protocols. If you could talk us through those, and it involves face mask wearing in the dugout and all that, but does it appear to be turning a corner? Are we seeing light at the end of the tunnel? Obviously, it's, it's different state to state and circumstances, but there's going to be a lot of eyes from the NFL as well looking at this and because they're not going to be in a bubble like the NHL and the NBA are. So yeah. it's, it's, you know, there's, there's so many questions still to be answered, isn't there? Yeah, there, there really are. And, you know, I think baseball felt like they were turning a corner. Um, I think that, you know, everything was pointing to, uh, to Friday night being the first day in, in 12 days that did not have a single postponement 
And then the St. Louis Cardinals reported one more positive test. And so, um, you know, we're right back to where we started. Um, you know, they, they did toughen up the protocols. As you mentioned, they tightened the procedures, tightened some of the, um, you know, social distancing guidelines. Players are now going to have to wear masks while in the dugout. Um, basically anywhere except on the field, you're going to have to wear a mask. Uh, there are now compliance officers assigned to each team uh, to sort of keep everybody in line. There are penalties and fines and even suspensions for violating the protocol. So, so baseball is getting tougher on, on the, uh, on the bad behavior, but, you know, we, we can't say they're out of the woods yet because mm. they're still postponed games. Yeah. Such a shame as well, but hopefully they can get the house in order. And when you've got the threat of fines looming over your shoulder as well, I think it's just going to get some guys just to be that extra bit careful. Just stay in your hotel room, order the food to your room, and you know, just play ball. And let's see how far we can get through this and keep yourselves safe. I mean, it's certainly, it's a season like no other, isn't it? You know, with no room for error because it, it's a sprint, essentially, this one, compared to your regular season. And we've got a few teams already who are on the outside looking in and they've got to get their house in order pretty quick ASAP. And one of those being the reigning champions. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, um, the the Washington Nationals, uh, you know, they they um, they came out of nowhere last year to win. They they were um, very famously nineteen and thirty one. One of you know a, a very middling, um, you know, pretty terrible team back in May of twenty nineteen. Caught fire at the end of the season and, and carried that all the way through the playoffs to to become the World Series champs. And now uh, they're sort of back to scuffling again. They they've uh, had some injuries. Um, they've had some. Some, uh, COVID-related uh, absences, and, and those all caught up to them, and, and so now they're once again, um, you know, behind the eight ball. But I guess what we could say for sure about the, the Nationals is that, um, you know, you don't want to count them out too early. I think they proved that last year. Absolutely, man. Yeah, and that's why we love baseball so much as well. What's been your take in all your experience, Dave Shining, as a MLB reporter? There you are, the. Washington Post. What's your verdict on the standard that you've seen in this fledgling season so far? You know, these guys have had to literally hit the ground running, haven't they? But the standards to yeah. uh, to your expectation? Well, you know, that's a great question. I mean, I, I, I do, I, I believe, that, and this is just anecdotal, but, you know, I feel like I saw some sloppy defense, some base running mistakes, very elementary things that normally don't happen um, that maybe are attributable to, you know, the, the, the quick ramp up and, and you know, the, the fast start to the season. Um, but otherwise, you know, I have to say that the, the quality of play has been very good. I mean, uh, the pitchers, have been, there's been some amazing pitching performances. Yeah. Shane Bieber stands out to me from Cleveland. Uh Aaron Judge on the hitting side from the New York Yankees has just been on an absolute tear. Um, so, so you know, I mean, we, we're, we're carried through here by, by some, you know, uh, amazing individual performances. And um, I, I would have to say the quality of play is, is not too bad at all. Yeah, we did get the heartwarming story, didn't we, on opening weekend of Daniel Bard's comeback from the Yips after seven years away. And he got that strikeout 
for the Colorado Rockies on that opening weekend. And that's a great story in itself. Yeah, that really, that really was. And a very popular figure, you know, in Boston. People loved him. Uh, teammates loved him. He's a, uh, a lot of people were rooting for him. I mean, you know, we've, we've had our share of, of really compelling uh, storylines like that. I mean, you know, the, the Miami Marlins are another team that, you know, they had seven games lost by postponement, 18 players test positive. They had to basically replace more than half their roster. And then one of the players who came up – uh, from the minor leagues and made his major league debut on Wednesday was a, 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 an infielder named Eddie Alvarez, who was a silver medal winner in short track speed skating in the 2014 Sochi Olympics. So, I mean, stuff like that, uh, I think, you know, could only happen in a season like this. Oh, that's fantastic, isn't it? And then we had the young rookie for the Blue Jays actually in D.C. His parents had to watch in a bar because they couldn't go to the game who made his start and he made a, an impressive start yeah. against the Nats yeah exactly and I mean that that's a story that's been um, you know we've seen that over and over uh, in every city just about you know um you know, players work. You know, if baseball's just different from other sports, you know, players routinely spend four, five, six, even ten years in the minor leagues before they make their big league debut, and so they've literally put a lifetime into into getting to that place, and then you make it finally after all those years, and 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 nobody from your family oh. could be there to see it. It's uh, yeah, it's just such an unusual year in so many ways. And how are the minors doing? I know there is no minor league baseball this year it's such a shame it's been hit so hard i know obviously there are bigger things going on in the world but it is such a shame yeah it it is especially you know if you imagine you know this vast country the the u.s that um you know has 30 big league teams um concentrated on the coasts for sure and then in the in the vast you know heartland of the country minor league baseball is the lifeblood of the game and you know it's an affordable family event you know it, it has its own charm that's separate and different and in some ways better than the major league game and and for that to be lost uh, i mean on many levels as a tragedy it's certainly a terrible thing for those players who have nowhere to play in 2020 and whose development are set back but it's also a massive blow for fans of those games and also just for baseball as an industry and as an institution and this week history is made speaking of a minor league stadium the blue jays travel well they they kind of just fly across the lake across Niagara Falls and make home in Buffalo. Yeah, very strange story, of course. You know, um, Toronto, I I guess it was the Canadian government more than uh, the municipality, but the Canadian government basically blocked the Blue Jays from playing in Toronto, and and more specifically, they blocked uh, American teams from coming into Toronto to play. So so they were forced to find a new home, and and after some uh, investigation, you know, they looked at the playing at the Pittsburgh Pirates Stadium. They looked at Baltimore, where the Orioles play, uh, and wound up playing in Buffalo, um, a Triple A stadium that had to be retrofitted to fit not only 
you know, big league, uh, major league uh, caliber, but also to become COVID compliant and, and you know, afford uh, social distancing and things like that. So it was a long process, and the Blue Jays actually had to play the, the, their first uh, home games, quote-unquote, on, on the road until they could finally move into their stadium in Buffalo. So, yeah, another another major story and, and something that could only have happened in 2020. I was watching that series against the uh, the Nats and the first two games, the road team were the Blue Jays, and then the next two games – they were the home team and then suddenly you know nationals park was home to toronto and it was all all the music and everything on the on the big screen was was all for the home team was for the blue jays yeah, we've seen the same thing uh, in 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 Baltimore. There was a a Yankees series there where you know the the Yankees wore uh, the 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 home uniforms, and uh, we've seen it uh, with the Marlins. There's been so many postponed games that making them up and 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 jiggering the schedule around has been kind of a nightmare. And they've, there's had you know. Players and teams have had to adapt to these unusual circumstances, and and that's resulted in many cases in in teams playing quote unquote home games on the road. Um, just another sort of thing you have to deal with. Well, Dave, look, thanks for coming on. We've enjoyed having you with us, and enjoy the rest of the season, and stay safe out there, man. Okay, well, thanks for having me on, and you do the same. My thanks to Dave Shannon from the Washington Post. Yeah, keep an eye out for that this week. The Toronto Blue Jays making history at a AAA stadium in Buffalo, quite literally across Lake Ontario and over Niagara Falls. And there you are in Buffalo. If you've ever done the drive down the Queen Elizabeth Highway and you do the border crossing, you actually drive past the stadium. It's on the flyover. So once you've crossed the border and you drive, you're almost... Uh, midway at midway heights with some of the skyscrapers in the center of buffalo and then just down there is the baseball stadium so yeah history is made this week and what a year 2020 has been it's been the year that cost us the hall of fame game we would have had that at the weekend but nope that's not happened and there are no preseason games fear not because i'm going to take you now to canton ohio oh yes you just stick with me because A couple of years ago, I went to the Pro Football Hall of Fame to work on a documentary, and I was very privileged to have behind-the-scenes access to the Hall of Fame, places that you could not get to if you were a paying visitor. So let's go now. If you want to learn, we're going to pull back the curtain on the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, to mark what would have been the Hall of Fame game and the induction of the Hall of Fame members, the Hall of Fame class of 2020. So here we are. Let's go now and head to Canton. Oh, football fans, if you're listening to this, you've got to make the trip to Canton. It's a great city. There's a couple of bars I'd recommend as well. Uh, Had some pretty neat beer and burgers last night, but I'm stood in the archives. I don't think you'll be able to visit these. I've been very privileged to... uh, visit these archives on a special documentary that I'm working on and uh, John Kendall is one of the archivists here at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. John let's start with the uh, Hall of Fame Museum itself. How long has it been here? Well we uh, we opened our doors on September 7th uh, 1963 so you know over 50 years Um, and I think when you talk about the museum uh, here in Canton, Ohio, you really can't 
uh, start with anything but our mission because we are such a mission-driven organization and that's to honor the heroes of the game preserve its history promote its values and celebrate excellence everywhere and uh, we're really here uh, to not just honor the 318 individuals that are enshrined in, in the Pro Football Hall of Fame here in Canton, Ohio, but really through our archives, we uh, preserve the legacies of every player, coach, and administrator who helped build the game to what it is today. Yeah, I mean, there's a championship ring uh, that I've, I've seen for this uh, documentary that I'm, I'm recording, and he's not in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So your point there is a case in point, actually, that you've got these special artifacts mementos here to preserve the game certainly and uh you know we're really uh making that push that that every player knows that i mean there's been over uh 27,000 uh individuals that have played professional football um and, and in the national football league since 1920 and so you know when you really take a look um you know that's such a small percentage of every child that dreamed of one day becoming a professional football player. And so um, they all have stories. And, you know, sometimes as a fan, our favorite players are not the ones that make it to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So when you come to Canton, Ohio, you're going to be able to see and learn about the legacies of not just those 318 individuals enshrined here in Canton, but really uh, the game as a whole, the history of the game and the legacy of, of every player, coach and administrator. Yeah, it really is an impressive sport museum. As soon as you, you enter, uh, it, it's just you're confronted by football and, and it really does tell the history of the sport. And for football fans listening to this, it, it's well worth the trip. How did you get involved? What, what got you started as an archivist in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Well, I, I get that question a lot. Was I a football fan first or was I an archivist first? And, and really for me, it, 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 I was a, a football fan uh, first and foremost. And, and I actually was born and raised here in Canton, Ohio. So uh, my journey doesn't take me that far. But uh, certainly as a seven-year-old uh, kid in Canton, Ohio, who loved the sport of football, um, you know, I'd often thought, who the heck ever gets a job at the Pro Football Hall of Fame? That would be, uh, you know, my dream come true. And certainly I'm living that dream uh, every day. Uh, but, but yeah, just, um, you know, taking advantage of the opportunities that uh, were in front of me, um, being able to, to really, um, you know, see some doors that were open and, and take advantage and walk through those doors and um, just immerse myself in the history of the game. So it's uh, every day is, is an adventure here and an opportunity uh, to, to learn something new about the sport. I've been sat in your research room uh, researching, doing my work, uh, and there are a couple of volunteers in there scanning documents. A museum like this, it thrive on the work of volunteers as well as paid staff because they're pretty busy in there scanning documents. You must have documents coming in every day. Certainly, you know, we have over uh, 40 million pages of documents in our collection right now, over 6 million photographic images, uh, and then, you know, close to 50,000 artifacts related to the game's history. And so uh, for us, you know, a big charge right now is to digitize uh, these materials so that we can uh, disseminate uh, this information out to the rest of the world in a lot of different ways um, and so right now it's just you know everything we do is is really you know probably you know five or six different teams of volunteers each day working on different projects whether it's processing information scanning documents uh, scanning photos uh, so 
you know, we're constantly um, evolving and growing and um, you know, looking for better ways to make this information accessible to not only uh, fans, but uh, you know, also family members of those former players, coaches and contributors, and then you know, researchers and documentarians and, and uh, people of that nature as well. So. What struck me as well is I was expecting to pull into the, the car park and, you know, it, it's, it's a museum, but there's a sport complex here as well and a pretty impressive one at that. Certainly. Uh, we're, we're growing every day. Uh, we got a, a massive development going on right now with Johnson Controls Hall of Fame Village. Uh, so we're developing the campus around the museum itself. And so, you know, we have a state-of-the-art uh, uh, football stadium here, Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium, which is you know all the bells and whistles of a of an NFL stadium, just on a smaller scale, 23,000 seats. Um, we're working. We broke ground on a four-star hotel. Uh, there will be a center for excellence uh, that will host uh, coaching academies, uh, officiating academies. Uh, uh, Center for Corporate Excellence, where we'll host business uh, businesses and and business leaders, um, and so there's there's all sorts of exciting things happening here, and, and we're talking about and when we talk about this development, it's you know close to a nine hundred uh, million dollar development, so a lot of uh, great things are are uh, in store in in the future here in Canton, Ohio. Well, thank you very much, John. That was John Kendall, who's one of the archivists here at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. If you find yourself over stateside and you're in the area, you know, the Ohio, Pennsylvania, well, if, if you're just around, try and make the effort of coming to uh, Canton. It's a great city. They've got loads of great bars and restaurants and shopping as well. But fundamentally, it is, you know, it's the football epicenter. And I really mean that. Uh, so if you're a big football fan, you love your NFL, then make sure you check out the Pro Football Hall of Fame here in Canton because it's got everything you need. Yeah, make sure you do that trip to Canton if you can. Once we can travel again, you should get out there to Ohio. It's not far from Cleveland, so you can get in at Browns game. And it's about a two-hour drive from Pittsburgh. I drove from Pittsburgh to Canton. Quite straightforward. Hopping a skip release, say two hours. But it's, you know, in U.S. terms, it's not that far at all. So you could go to the Great Heinz Field and then take in a trip to Canton. And some of the local brews in Canton are not to be sniffed at if beer is your thing. Thank you so much for subscribing and downloading the Transatlantic Sports Show. The numbers are rising, so you guys are out there. You're enjoying it. So we're going to continue to bring you more great guests, more great stories, and we get to do things like go to Canton, Ohio, make documentaries. I've got so many stories and features that we can share with you here on the Transatlantic Sports Show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at T-A-S-S underscore U-K. I am at A-R Wotton, W-O-O-T-T-O-N. If you haven't subscribed, then please do now. And then also hit the five-star liking and give us a review as well. I'd love to hear what you have to think of the program. I'll be back next time with all the sports news from across the pond. This is the Transatlantic Sports Show. Until then... (laughs) 